Welcome to the IEEE Rebooting Computing Podcast, an IEEE Future Directions Digital Studio production. When it comes to artificial intelligence and the role computing plays in this ever-growing field, Nitesh Ganesh, PhD student in the Electrical and Computer Engineering Department at University of Massachusetts Amherst, has a slightly different approach. We spoke with Nitesh after his presentation at the IEEE International Conference on Rebooting Computing in November 2018 to get an even deeper dive into his talk. In this podcast, he shares why he believes that the future of building intelligent systems might not actually involve computing in the classical sense, but instead take on a whole new framework such as thermodynamics, homeostasis of variables, energy dissipation, and more. Natasha's goal is to start the conversation on how to reboot computing in a way that enhances the computing industry, but also addresses different frameworks for building intelligent systems. I'm here for the third year straight at ICRC, uh, and it's it's been it's been great uh, so far. So to talk about uh, what I have been working on for the last three years. It's, it's been very interesting because the talk I gave today has been kind of like a culmination of uh, a crazy idea that I presented in the first uh, ICRC. And they have a wild and crazy idea session. And so I've been using the last two years or so to kind of like formulate it. Uh, and so here I am today. So essentially I've uh, been very interested in understanding uh, how to build energy efficient intelligent systems as part of my dissertation. And I think we're at a unique moment because there's this general agreement that uh, Moore's law is reaching its inevitable end. Uh, and this has kind of been matched up with this idea that AI is uh, all the buzz. Uh, everyone wants to build intelligent systems. And uh, now, and I recently read that with respect to how much compute power you need for AI, uh, it's almost super more. People, in, uh, people have been asking for you know, double the amount of compute power every three and a half months or so to be able to do the kind of machine learning work they want to. So my goal has been, okay, why are our current approaches to building intelligent systems needing so much power? and so much uh, compute resources. Uh, that is the question I've been most interested in. And the level I look at it is, uh, do we have the right theoretical framework? The last time we were here was about like 70 years ago or so. Uh, we had this problem where we wanted to build machines that can do mathematical and logical operations. So we needed a theoretical framework. Turing machines and Boolean algebra gave us that. Then we had one Neumann architectures that gave us like an architectural uh, way to implement these things. And finally, we had like a we had CMOS devices. And these three pillars have like essentially given us the first technological revolution. And finally, uh, for the first time in almost like you know 70, 80 years, uh, we have a new problem. Uh, we're not really interested in like mathematical operations. We still are. We're more interested in intelligence. And we're now willing to look at like new devices, memristors, phase change memory, uh, phase change materials, and optical devices. We're looking at new architectures, non one Neumann, uh, neuromorphic, and so on. And I'm asking, okay, we changed two of the three pillars. Should we also be looking at whether you know Turing machines and computational frameworks are the best way to look at uh, intelligence? Uh, and what do I uh, mean when I say we need to look at those frameworks? Is that uh, as it stands right now, 
When we look at intelligence, we think of it as how do I achieve it in terms of computation? A way to think about it is intelligence through computing. Uh, essentially, uh, I have these learning rules and I have these neural networks. How do I change the weights in a neural network in order to actually uh, achieve learning? And I'm asking myself, okay, if you describe intelligence that way, then that limits how, what you can do with it. If you only describe uh, intelligence through computations, then uh, because you're using computations, uh, you're, you're doing specific kind of computations, especially vector multiplication and addition, which means you have to implement your hardware in a very specific manner to do a multiplication certain addition, which is why GPUs and uh, TPUs by Google have become really popular. So that description kind of limits uh, what you can implement or how you implement it. And I'm asking myself, okay, are there other descriptions? Are there other descriptions of intelligence that might simply suit, better, suit us better for engineering these systems in a better way? And to do that, I've been, in this particular talk, I talked about philosophical underpinnings of our current approaches. I'm, I'm saying, oh, maybe we need to rethink our philosophy. Uh, because it's one th it, as engineers, I think we often do not think about the philosophical ideas underneath our uh, our engineering endeavors. Um, you know, is a bridge really a bridge if no one uses it? I don't think anyone really cares about it that much uh, about that question. But if you're trying to build intelligent systems and if you want to give it citizenship, or you know, these are important technologies, then maybe we need to think about the philosophical assumptions we make. And more importantly, I think the philosophical assumptions are important because I think they're inhibiting how we engineer these systems. So with those ideas in place, I'm asking myself, okay, what's a different framework? And it's not just enough to say, oh, computational framework isn't good enough. Because we have made a lot of progress in the last five to six years, especially using the computational framework of intelligence. But what's an alternative that can like work with the computational framework? And in this talk, I talked about something called a thermodynamic framework of intelligence. Essentially, uh, let's talk about intelligence in terms of uh, homeostasis of variables. Uh, let's talk about it in terms of energy dissipation and power and entropy flow instead of error minimization and weight changes and so on. And to do that, can we go to the you know, fundamental physics of uh, systems, uh, especially in uh, thermodynamics, this is something called the fluctuation theorems. Uh, can we start from these very general fluctuation theorems and be able to derive conditions that, are, that mirror learning, that mirror uh, what we would call as learning? And uh, one of the conditions is something I called reliable load dissipation. It's the uh, larger idea is uh, most people, when they think about learning and when they think about the brain, they say, oh, the brain uh, learns and is intelligent, hence is energy efficient. Uh, and I'm asking, oh, maybe it's the other way around. The brain is some plastic, gooey system that's energy efficient in its environment, and because it's energy, energy efficient, the only thing it can ever do is to learn its environment. So maybe it's, we have the whole thing backwards. So if that, if that is the case, that means that instead of trying to you know, come up with a learning algorithm and then say, how can I make the hardware implementation energy efficient? You instead say, okay, how do I make like a plastic GUI system that's energy efficient and then realize, oh, lo and behold, you know, what we get out of it is learning. Uh, learning is a byproduct of the energy efficiency. 
And of course, the added advantage is suddenly you don't have to worry about the efficiency of the implementation. It's already energy efficient to start off with. So uh, this idea is a little, how do I put it, uh, you know, from left field because it goes contradictory to how we think about uh, these things. But what I'm hoping to do is to kind of like start like a conversation to say, if we want to reboot computing, we need to differentiate it as rebooting computing for computing, where we still want to do computing. We, you know, we have Moore's law that's ending, but we want to have systems that continue to do mathematical and logical operations. Then great, let's keep working with Turing machines, computational frameworks, and you know, reboot computing for that. But if you're looking to build intelligent systems, if you're trying to reboot computing for intelligence, then maybe you need to look beyond computing. Uh, maybe there are other frameworks which might be better suited for these new unconventional substrates that might be uh, that we are working with now. And be willing to say, okay, there are other frameworks and it might not exactly work under the computational framework, but I'm sure it works under, say, a thermodynamic or someone else comes up with a third framework and then say, oh, yeah, you know, it might not, my new substrate might not be able to implement NAND gate properly, but, you know, a whole bunch of them actually learn SCATs really well. Uh, if it if it really learns the cats really well, then maybe I don't really care if it doesn't do NAND that well. So those are the kind of, and with those comes new ideas like if I'm not really working under a computational framework, I have to think about fabrication and design differently. And that means that I need to now work with like a whole, uh, you need like a vast interdisciplinary approach where you're talking to physicists and material science people and asking them, okay, here's thermodynamic rules. How do I turn them into design rules? Uh, what materials do I need? How do I think about interactions? And, and be willing to say, you know, we had very nice, neat architectures. Everything was like neatly placed. We knew where we wanted everything to be. Maybe our new systems are not gonna be like that. Maybe the new chips that we build won't, will be all convoluted and messy looking. And, and, and you have to be willing to say, okay, our brain's convoluted and messy looking and it's pretty good at what it does. So maybe we, I'm okay with it not being all clean and neatly placed if it gives me the learning that I needed to do. So it's gonna require us to like look beyond computing a little bit uh, in a sense and uh, be open to a larger new set of ideas. And I guess that's a lot, but that's the kind of, uh, that's, that's what the talk was about. Thank you for listening to our interview with Nitesh Ganesh. Discover more about the IEEE Rebooting Computing Initiative and listen to other podcasts in this series by visiting our web portal at rebootingcomputing.ieee.org.